Welcome back to the Hard Parking Podcast, presented by NSX Channel on Instagram. I am your host, Jay Finning. Before I continue, I want to thank the listeners. The show has grown. The show is just over a year old. It seems to be reaching some places. And so I don't know how many of these places have listened to the show more than once. But outside of the United States, we have Canada. And well, we have Bob Chat. If you guys haven't checked out the Bob Chat podcast, it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to on the side. He's up in Canada. So we have Canada, UK, Japan, Ireland, Germany, Philippines, Finland, Australia, Mexico, Vietnam, France, Brazil, Spain, Argentina, India, Sweden, Portugal, St. Lucia, Uganda, Belgium, Pakistan, South Africa, Singapore, and Bangladesh. Thank you all for paying attention to the show, even if you've only listened once. Hopefully this is your second time. So I just want to get that out of the way. So I just got back from San Diego and I actually went two weekends in a row, which is kind of interesting. But the first time, I did go with a rental, which means later on I'll be talking about that rental in the Jay's Rental Car of the Week segment. Also coming up, we're going to be talking with Richard from Lap of the World. So he was on the podcast before. He drives a lot. We talked about what you should bring with you on a road trip. So many of us take our own vehicles. Sometimes if you have a little bit of extra money in your pocket or you have some free rental days, you rent a vehicle. But I grew up in an era where we drove everywhere. And so we took a lot of road trips and I found myself slipping a little bit after listening to a video he uploaded about road trips. So I asked him to come on and talk about what to plan, what to pack, things to things that we often forget about when we're out in the middle of nowhere. Also coming up with the social media highlight of the week is Jay Ramundo of the Cuyas. So the Cuyas, what they do is they take models. So amateur to intermediate is how I define it. And they offer modeling protections. We're talking about young ladies. They're sort of an overwatch company, so they watch over them. They offer them guidance and protection as the girls start their career in modeling. So we talk about some of the stigma associated with today's social media models. Because you hear the whole thing like, she said she was an Instagram model. Oh, wow, what does that mean? So we're going to talk about some of that stuff, not specific to Instagram per se, but just young models in general. However, notwithstanding two road trips I just took to San Diego a couple weeks ago, I drove out to the Globe area as well because... There's over 700,000 acres of desert land destroyed, or just acres of land destroyed, period. Some of it is desert. Some of it is the national forest. So most of you have no idea, and there's also a lot of local Arizonans have no idea, that the Tonto National Forest is the largest national forest in Arizona with over 2.9 million acres. So that's fs.usda.gov if you want to fact check me. It is the fifth largest national forest in the entire United States. So we have that, and then we have, obviously, a lot of desert because it's Arizona. So we had a lot of fires this year, 2020. You guys see what's going on in California. They get it every year. We also get it every year. We don't get it as bad as California, but we had it pretty bad this year. So I was up there kind of roaming around looking for cool photo spots, which, by the way, some guy trolled me on my car page, NA2NSX, because he says how you took this god-awful event and and how pathetic that you decided to use it as a photo opportunity for your car. Cool car, though. So there's always going to be those people out there. So anyway, back to the story. There's this thing that people do, and you don't have to be a car person to appreciate this. You just have to be someone who drives. Someone who drives and understand that the whole slow lane, fast lane, all that kind of stuff. Slower traffic, for God's sakes. Please keep right. Over the last two weekends, I've logged uh, just under 2,000 miles driving from Gilbert, Arizona to San Diego, one in the rental car, one in my car, and not everybody does this, but there's this thing about people camping out over in the left lane, and I know that a lot of people are completely oblivious, so there's, there's, there's three types of people, I think, that drive in the left lane, other than those of us that are trying to pass people, so you have people who aren't from the area. So they could be from a state where it's not a thing. Maybe they're dyslexic and they can't read the road sign that says slow traffic, keep right. They're not from here. It means they're from the, another country south of the border. And I say that not to sound racist, but here's the thing. And I guess this could apply for Canada too. I don't know what the rules are up there in Canada. So Bob, if you're listening from the Bod Chat podcast, feel free to let me know. Down here in Arizona, we're a bordering state. So we have Arizona, you have Texas. You know, just above us, you have New Mexico, you have California. And then on the roadways, on Interstate 8, on 17 North, on Interstate 10, 
it's not uncommon to see license plates from places just south of the border. So I don't expect those people from those areas, whether they're tourists, whether they're visiting family, whether they moved here not that long ago, to really understand, but you need to acclimate. Get over, because there's nothing worse than you just go on the speed of traffic and there's that one person who just won't get over. Okay, so that's the first person. I'm sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here. The second person is someone just completely oblivious to anything. They set their cruise control and they just stay in that lane and they creep. They set their cruise control to the speed limit, which is understandable because you don't want to get pulled over by a police officer for going over the speed limit. But they just sit there all day. The third person is the person who thinks that they're responsible and they're going to self-police. They decide, I'm going fast enough. Fuck this person behind me. If they really want to go around me, let them go around. I'm not getting over for them. This is my lane. I have just as much right to this road as anybody else does. Those three type of people drive everybody else insane. Everyone insane. But it's not just me. This is something I've struggled with for a long time. And before you say I'm being selfish or I'm hogging the road and I have a fast car, slow down. That's a big thing that people say. Slow down for all you Karens out there, which is a 2020 term. So if people listen to this podcast in four years, they're not going to have any idea what the hell a Karen is. But the Karens have been around us forever. And sometimes the Karens are the males. So you'll get people who hate cars. You know, they hate fast cars. They hate... By the way, before we go any further, let's talk about pickup trucks in the left lane. Pickup trucks, you guys. And Wes, I could be talking to you. You guys love to go fast as hell in these big, giant-ass trucks. And you will ride someone's ass until they get the hell over, no matter what kind of traffic situation is going on. And then, by the way, you also have the 18-wheelers. And they're kind of, they're really good at staying in the left lane. What happens is they slowly creep up to the other 18-wheeler. They switch lanes and they slowly creep past. And then they finally get over. So for those of you in Michigan, you understand this all too well. If you live in a city that is a major city for transport back and forth, getting on the highway is all about timing. If you're planning a trip to the other city, you better make sure it's not during trucking time. Because when we would go from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Chicago, if you're going the wrong way, that traffic goes for miles and it's all tractor trailers. These big 18-wheelers, fully loaded, and it's not their fault. When they take a while to slow down, they take a while to speed up. So they're kind of omitted from this rant because they're really good about getting the hell over from the left lane when people are creeping up. And so it's not just me being ridiculous, but it's a thing. So I looked up a few articles on this. Lane camping, slower traffic, keep right. There's an article written by claimsjournal.com. As of 2018, there are 29 states with this law, which is slower traffic, keep right. So if you see the road sign that says slower traffic, keep right, get your ass over. And don't do this whole thing where I'm going fast enough to people behind me to obey the law. So according to this article, studies have shown that 98% of drivers exceed the speed limit. And that's not, I'm telling you, that's not hard to do. We all know that's not hard to do. So if you're in a 35, it's a little different when you're going 70 in a 35, although it's depending on where the 35 is, it's easy to do. But you should probably slow your shit down. But if you're going 35, if it's a 35-mile-an-hour zone and you're going 50, it doesn't feel like anything. When you're out there on the highway, if it's a 65%, some, yes, by the way, some cities, I want to say it's Seattle, up in Washington State. I want to say that the freeway speed limit is like 55 miles an hour, maybe even 60. But I want to say it's 55. Hell, maybe even 50. So maybe one of you could chime in. I remember the first time I rented a car up there, I'm leaving SeaTac, which is Seattle-Tacoma Airport. I'm driving to my hotel for work, and I'm like, why, what is this? why are people going so goddamn slow? Like, what the fuck? And the speed limit was at least 15 or 20 miles an hour slower than where I had originally come from. So there's that. You guys can't do anything about that. But going back to the speed limit and the people who exceed the speed limit, it's so easy to do. Unless a police officer wants to be an absolute asshole, typically they're going to let you slide for five to eight miles an hour over on a major roadway or a freeway. If you're going through a school zone, that's you. That's the one time where you should probably drive under the speed limit because some of y'all look around and say, I don't see any kids. 
fuck it. I'm going. We have school zones all around here, and I see it all the time. We have one where the school zone speed limit, I want to say it's 25, but when they have the signs up, it's 15. And if I was a police officer, I would just park my ass up there all day because as much as I speed, I never speed through there. And there's no kids. I still don't speed through there. Anyway, so if you're on the highway and the speed limit is 65, it's so easy to go 80 if there's hardly any traffic. Easy to go 85. 21% of people think it's perfectly safe to exceed the speed limit by 5 miles an hour. 43% say there's no risk in going 10 miles an hour over, and 36% say there's no harm in doing 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. Which, given what I just said, it can make sense depending on the context, obviously. If the speed limit is 75 and you're going 95, which is probably really easy to do if the speed limit is 75, that's different than the speed limit is 20 and you're going 45 or 40. Or the speed limit is 10 and you're going 35, like some neighborhoods. But still, it's a law. In Texas, there are stretches of road where the speed limit is 85. Like if you go through West Texas, like on the 40, I don't remember if it's 85, 80, or 75. I just know it's fast, and you can see forever, and there's no reason for you to ever get pulled over on that road unless you're not paying attention because you can literally see there's no place for cops to hide. In Nevada, the speed limit is 80. Most people travel what's called the prevailing speed, which is this, it's not necessarily the speed limit. It's just the flow of traffic. And I understand that whole thing with cops, right? They could pull you over. But it's up to, it's kind of these weird rules where you're expected to go the speed of traffic. If not, get your ass over. But at the same time, if you're speeding over the speed limit, then now you've opened yourself up to possibly getting pulled over. But if you're going faster than speed limit and everybody else is flying, they're the ones who could potentially get pulled over, not you. And once you're clear of traffic, if you're scared of the cops, go ahead and slow your ass down and go the speed limit. But get the hell over. So I don't have the, the pure statistics on accidents being caused by slow drivers. But if you think about it, and, and here we have a lot of these curvy roads, canyon roads, because the Phoenix area is in a valley. So if I'm going up to, say, New Mexico, I got to go up to Payson where the elevation changed dramatically. If I go up to Flagstaff, we're going up to 17 and the elevation changes dramatically. You're going to need cars to get the hell out of the left lane because what happens is you have to switch lanes back and forth. And, of course, weaving back and forth to change lanes always increases the possibility of accidents. Again, most vehicles are really good at this. Most big vehicles, especially on the canyon roads, are really good at getting over. And a lot of times they have a posted speed limit. And I feel bad for these people because if you have three axles or more, you have to go painfully slow. People, like people who rent cars... Or all you warriors in your little Nissan Versas that are trying to keep up with three accurate NSXs zipping through the canyons, you're going to fly off the road. You're not going to keep up with any of us. Get your ass over to the right and wait for the Chrysler Pacifica minivan to come by and then try to zigzag and keep up with that. Because all you're doing is causing a harmful situation. According to MIT.edu, these states all have a keep right law. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York. There's a lot of news in this country. Why didn't they just call it York? I understand why you can't call it Mexico. That could be confusing. Or Jersey, because I think there's a Jersey over in Europe, right? But it could be Jersey, USA. It doesn't have to be New Jersey. It's just Jersey. It's just York. North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico. Yes, that's one of us. Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Check your laws, people. Get the hell out of the way. 
time for the Builders Corner segment sponsored by DressUpBolts.com. Follow them at DressUpBolts on Instagram. Visit them at DressUpBolts.com. They have titanium bolts that not only vastly improve the look of your vehicle, but serve as a purpose as well. Available to dress up the engine and engine bay. Have kits ready to go for your specific application. Check out their new Aero Catch hood pin kits available in seven different colors made from GR5 titanium. So you never have to worry about corrosion ruining the look of your hood. Go and pay them a visit and use code HARDPARKING, one word, and save 10% today. Today's guest is Richard Graves from Lap of the World. Welcome back, Richard. Thanks for having me back, Jay. So last time you were on, that was our Around the U.S. COVID episode. So that was, must have been maybe April, March or April. You're still with us. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, haven't, uh, Rona hadn't gotten me yet, so. Yes, and, and Liz is still with us. Yeah, yeah, everybody, we're all good. We've been uh, we've been taking it fairly seriously, but uh, I've still managed to get out to a racetrack or two here and there uh, where they've been able to, uh, you know, keep things safe with social distancing and masks and whatnot else. So, so the reason why I wanted you on today, I asked you to come on because you did a YouTube video about because what do you have nine hundred and forty thousand miles on the NSX now? <laughs> yeah, only two hundred eighty-seven thousand. So only two hundred eighty-seven thousand miles on your car. And a lot of that, you guys drive everywhere. And that's one thing that a lot of listeners may not know. But you guys, not only do you take your car to the track, but you guys drive literally everywhere. And so I just came back from a weekend in San Diego, and I'm actually going back to San Diego for a cruise. So I wanted to talk to you about kind of things that people can pack just with any vehicle when taking a road trip. And I couldn't think of anybody better than you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess in the in the course of playing uh, racetrack Pokemon, where I've got to drive them all, I end up having to cover a lot of distance in between. And did you do a lot of traveling growing up, road trips with the fam? We used to do kind of an annual, you know, the, the prototypical annual family vacation, only in our case it was, as you might imagine, to a racetrack or at least, a, you know, a car event. that uh, that. So we were going from Tennessee up to Pennsylvania, uh, every summer to the uh, the Pocono Mountains for uh, what used to be one of the largest car shows on the East Coast that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore after 2012 or 13 or so. So it's been gone for a minute. Like for, for my family, we took family vacations or the family reunions. So we would drive from Texas to wherever, so we have Texas to Portland or Texas to Minnesota. And we always had a bigger vehicle. And I'm sure my father was always prepared with things like jumper cables, but as a kid, you don't think about anything like that. And so, right. so what are the, if you had to spend five minutes telling people what are the things that they really should take with them, assuming they're driving their own car, or even if they rent a vehicle, what are some things, well, let's just start with if you're taking your own car, what's something that somebody may want to keep in mind when they get ready to drive 250 plus miles to a destination? Yeah, so I I think from a general standpoint, ignoring vehicle-specific stuff and track day, you know, paraphernalia, my packing list will depend a little bit on where I'm going and kind of across what areas I'm traveling. But, you know, for instance, if I'm going up and down the East Coast or the, you know, kind of pretty much anywhere east of the Mississippi, for that matter, I'm not too concerned about having, like, potable water in the car with me. However, if I'm traveling, uh, you know, we did the the trip out to NS Expo in 2018, we drove back across uh, Nevada and uh, Western Utah. Like there, maybe not a bad idea to have a gallon of water in the car in case you break down and have to walk some significant distance, uh, you know, across the desert, basically. So <laughs> um, that's kind of one of those dual purpose Jeez. inclusions. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's, I, I think that, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so on the way to, and this could, it could be because of the, I think 7% incline and decline, although we don't, I don't see that here in Arizona, but on the way to San Diego, there is literally like radiator water signs, which I always thought was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. So when you said water, uh, my mind immediately went to radiator instead of self-preservation, because that means I would probably die. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, so in, I'll, I'll give you the, well, here, I'll cover kind of a short list here real quick. And then uh, some stuff I think kind of gets, I'll mention a couple of things that I think probably get overlooked a lot of the time that could really, you know, that are easy inclusions that could get you out of a jam, you know, quickly where you might otherwise need a tow truck. You know, I think the the general inclusions you always hear are, you know, a first aid kit, enough tools to change a tire, um, 
I would add to the changing a tire part, it, you know, enough tools to get the wheel off and then as well uh, patch the tire. If you throw a patch kit in there, um, that's actually a recent addition uh, after some feedback from my video, you know, thinking that, okay, I don't carry a spare in my car so or in the NSX. Um, so if I could pull the wheel off and patch the tire and then, a, of course, a tire inflator pump to go along with that, uh, I could avoid needing to, you know, call triple a so and sit on the side of the road for three hours <laughs> but uh i'd probably also say in there if you have room for a collapsible jack stand uh you know kind of one of the aluminum ones that you can disassemble part of the way mm. um that's just kind of an extra layer of safety if you did have to do uh, work by the side of the road and a wheel chalk i think you know a wheel chalk and then the the higher iron and stuff like that and most sort of if you bought your car new, or if you've uh, if it's if it's complete, so to speak, that'll probably be somewhere in your trunk under the carpet. Things that I think don't come with a car necessarily would be some kind of you know spare fluids. You know, we cover the water, so if you carried you know some distilled water in a clean container, it could be either for the car or you could drink it in a pinch, as opposed to carrying uh, you know antifreeze, which is only for the car. Uh, spare oil, spare brake fluid, uh, a little can of that. It's not so much, you know, I think for most people, it's not going to be for your brakes. It would be for having a clutch problem if you're driving a manual car. Um, I think one other aspect or one other category, I guess I would say that people, uh, that probably gets commonly overlooked. And this is something that since we're talking about our own car here uh, and you're going to have some familiarity, I think one thing that's not a bad idea is some spare hardware. Uh, just even things like, you know, three or more spare lug nuts, even. Um, if you have something car specific, like with, you know, with old Hondas, it's typically the, uh, you know, the, the trope is to keep a spare main relay in your glove box. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and along the lines of electrical stuff, that's more general, some extra fuses. Uh, you know, most cars kind of have some spare fuse slots in them, but, uh, you know, uh, those may be depleted. So you want to make sure you keep up on the, on, on having some spares there. I know uh, this is probably getting a little old school here, but uh, you know, if your car uses a serpentine belt to drive things like the alternator and the air conditioner, an extra serpentine belt is probably not a bad idea. I carry some hose clamps. Um, and uh, of course the ubiquitous, like, you know, kind of wad of zip ties and things like that. Uh, yeah. I think the key things there are, you know, enough stuff to deal with a tire problem you know, some spare hardware if you have room for it. And then the kind of, um, I would call every man, uh, uh, necessities like a, you know, the, the sort of small first aid kit, uh, you know, some extra fluids and, uh, you know, whatever. But I think beyond that, you're getting into kind of either really car specific stuff or your preference of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, mixtape and, uh, and snack food. But, uh, oh, one other thing you mentioned earlier that I thought of now, uh, you know, kind of the jumper cables. We now have the technology that, <laughs> and I think we, if you're, if you're, uh, if you were attended, what was it, NS Expo 2017, you have one, uh, you were gifted one, a little compact, um, uh, was it like lithium ion jump packs? Yeah. So those things are amazing. You no longer have to buy the big cables depending on your vehicle, right? So those jump packs you're talking about, I think that they're rated for V6 or smaller. Yeah. And I've I've tried it on a I've tried it on a V8 and a V10 with mixed results. Uh, if the I think I've I've managed to get a, a, a Ford uh, truck motor five liter uh, uh, five liter V8 to turn over with it when the battery was just a little bit weak it was enough to push it over the top. But when that's been if that's been dead as a doornail or trying to crank over a, a you know five liter V10 it hasn't worked at all. Um, I kind of laughed at it, I think, but I, when I'm traveling with the NSX, I usually end up with both in the car. Uh, I'll have the jumper cables and I'll have the jump box with the, the cables. You need another person, but you never have to worry about remembering to keep it charged or in the air, you know, in the situation where the battery is completely flat or something, you know, goes wrong with the jump box. You at least have the option If you can find anybody with a vehicle or, even like, you know, a loose car battery, then you can get the job done with the cables. I thought of another thing as well, though, because you had mentioned that you roll around without a spare tire, which I do as well. So I have a can of Fix-A-Flat, which I think you had on your list on YouTube, which will work in most cases in a pinch. 
But also, I think for people listening who actually have a full-size spare, go ahead and get that thing checked out before you go on a major road trip. and Take your car to the local Jiffy Lube or maybe not Jiffy Lube, but just service center and just have them do a, a good look over to make sure your, your car's not going to fall apart. Because I just had mine. I think I sent you the picture. I had the NSX mm-hmm. up on the lift getting checked out by Ravi at We Don't Lift. And what they noticed is that the nut that holds one of my motor mounts had come completely off. And then the bolt was just kind of, I was probably one bumpy road away from losing losing that bolt. So it's good to have your car looked over really well before you decide to go on a long road trip. Yeah, 100%. At the very least, you know, yeah, check the tires, check the, you know, make sure you have brake pads and stuff like that, especially if you're going somewhere in the mountains. But I mean, to your point with a spare, you know, rubber, people often forget that rubber has a shelf life. Yep. Uh, you know, if you're rolling around on tires that are 10 years old, they're, that's a blowout waiting to happen. And the most overlooked tire on your car is going to be the one that's not on your car. It's going to be the one that's, you know, when, you know, in, in you know, a truck, it'll be in the, in the trunk, on the tailgate, up underneath it, whatever else. Um, that's going to be the, that's going to be the one you overlook and that'll be rotted completely when you need it. Uh, <laughs> no, those are facts. Yeah, pay attention to those fares. All right, Richard, well, I appreciate you being able to uh, jump on and help me on a pinch here. Yeah, so Anytime. if people want to follow you, you're still good at Lap of the World at YouTube, kicking out content. And you guys don't have to follow him just for cool track videos, like I was just saying when we started this whole segment. The last video I watched from him, which is probably a couple of videos ago, I don't know if it was your most recent or not, was packing your vehicle for a road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of cover... Uh road trips, racetracks, and about everything in between. Some of it's, uh, some of it's fairly car specific to the NSX mostly. Um, but, uh, yeah, general, general car shenanigans for sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rich. Yep, anytime, Jay. Glad to be back. I want to thank Richard Graves for joining. Again, you guys can follow him at Lap of the World. A lot of useful information. So we did that interview before I did my second trip to Cali. And in listening to his list of things that you need to pack, I became paranoid and I ran to the local store and I went and bought all sorts of stuff. I bought a tire repair kit. I bought that Fix-A-Flat, which is actually a brand name. So what I really bought was Slime. It's called Slime fix a, It's the flat tire fixer thingy. But Fix-A-Flat is actually a brand. So I was talking to him and he said that there's a YouTube channel that reviews all sorts of stuff like that, and the Fix-A-Flat was a huge, huge failure. Now, I've used it before a couple times, not on my car, but I had a rental car with a flat once that we had here locally, and it worked out for us, but I went ahead and bought a can of this slime, so I have that in the back of the car. But I had a better peace of mind this last weekend making the, making the drive. So we did this cruise. So an NSX friend of mine that I didn't know extremely well, I'd, I've talked to him a few times in person, Maybe had drinks with him. Older guy, Tom Ford, passed a few months ago. And it's really bummer for everybody, obviously. He's been in the community for a long time. For me, the last communication I had with Tom was when I was working just outside of Palm Springs and Rancho Mirage, so my most recent job that I had before I started back working this week. We were supposed to link up, but he just got through some medical stuff and said he's not healthy enough. But in a few weeks or a few months, we'll try it again. I go, okay, sounds good. Got my contract extended, and that's right around when all this stuff hit, this 2020 that we all love so much. I got sent home, worked from here a couple weeks, and then lost my job. So I never got that opportunity. And then, you know, a month or two ago, the news came down that Tom had passed due to some health conditions. So typically, I wouldn't drive 340 miles one way just to do a car cruise and then drive back. But Tom was a special guy. So anyway, so we're on this cruise, and I kept thinking about this, people, just slower traffic, keep right, get, get, get over. And what you find is that there's this thing, so there's a thing, right? And I'm telling all of you, because you've all experienced this at some point. When you see, and I want you guys to listen to me closely on this, when you see a group of cars that are obviously together, whether it's all of the same car, that should be a clue, or maybe they're going to a car show, they all have these same stickers or decals on them. It's Maybe it's a rally, like the fuel run or whatever. Don't get in them. So if you're at a stop sign and it's a four-way stop, just let them all go and just wave them through. 
you know, some of the bigger rallies like Gold Rush Rally, they actually hire local law enforcement to give them an escort through the crazy parts of town so they can get outside of the city and do the thing. Because I know there's a lot of drivers out there who hate cars. You all associate every car with Fast and Furious. Or maybe you're a diehard America, you know, and you're in your big-ass truck. And if it was a whole bunch of Mustangs and Camaros and Corvettes, you'd let them go. But if it's a bunch of Honda Civics and European cars, McLarens, Porsches, Ferraris, you want to be a dick about it. Or maybe you're mad because you're driving around the family minivan and you never got to experience that, so you're going to be a dick about it. No, just let them go. There's nothing worse than when you're driving in a line with people and some asshole just wants to cut right in. Your turn is coming. Like, just, that's kind of the polite thing to do. So when we were on this cruise this last weekend, though, we were carving up these canyon roads, and a lot of people, they would just pull over and let the cars pass to not break up the group. And they don't want a bunch of cars riding their ass. Just pull over. Anytime you can't handle it, regardless, if you're holding up traffic, as soon as you're able to, pull over, let people pass, whether it's a bunch of cars, a bunch of motorcycles, or just a bunch of other people riding your ass. Just pull over. And that way you're not stressed. We were in um, Hawaii this past September. We are down the road to Hana. So if you guys, some of you know, some of you don't, it's a really popular place to go. H-A-N-A. It's on Maui. The road to Hana. So the road to Hana is treacherous, man. This is like a one lane, one and a half lane traffic both ways. But the road has a lot of turns and there's there's plenty of places for you to pull off if you're a little uncomfortable. Just go ahead and pull off if you're uncomfortable. It's one of those things. And don't try to be that police, like I said earlier. Don't try to be that warrior, that person who tries to put the world in check. I'm going the speed limit. You're going to go the speed limit too. Damn you, you're going to learn a lesson. You know, my dad is that guy. I remember taking road trips with him and the road is, it says road is collapsing. The lane closure is always a lane closure. You know, left lane closes in 400 feet due to construction. Right lane closes in 500 feet due to construction. And you see the lane collapsing thing and you see the cones. My dad is that guy who will pull over and block half that lane. If not the whole thing. Like dad, just, just let it go. Let it go. And for everybody who's always in a rush, is that thing, right? You ever had that time where you like you blow past somebody and then you meet them at the next light and they're kind of looking at you like, uh-huh. Just remember, unless you're traveling the speed of sound, chances are you're not going to beat somebody to that destination. So if you need to be somewhere three miles from here, two miles from here, there's traffic lights, you might beat that other car by 10 seconds, right? 10 to 15 seconds. Coming up, we're going to talk to Jay Ramundo. time for the social media highlight of the week brought to you by Kuya Automotive. Currently specializing in new and used NSX parts, NSX owners hurry up and head over to KuyaAuto.com and inquire about group special pricing or on Instagram at Kuya underscore automotive. That's Kuya Automotive, where big brother's looking out for you. Today's guest is Jay Ramundo. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Obviously, this year has been completely destroyed for not only the car community, but for just about anybody doing anything. But kind of tell us a little bit about Kuya Protection. I know you guys as you being at all the car shows, and you always kind of look out for the for the ladies there and kind of help keep them safe. So when did you guys start doing that? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so a lot of, if you if you're in the industry, especially on the West Coast, uh, the guys should know Abe Ubaldo, but he goes by uh, Big Abe, big 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 Filipino guy, big buff Filipino guy. But he is uh, a really really. Um, a uh, very humble guy, especially for what he does. Um, it started back in about around 97, 98, when he was doing some stuff in the uh, more of the clubbing scene at that time. Um, that car, the car show scene was still kind of in, in its infancy. It was more of a grassroots back then. Um, he just started doing it, and then he was doing security for a few events, both for clubs, and then started rolling over the car shows when some of the people were doing car shows were, or I'm sorry, doing club events or doing car shows. So he started doing that. And then it was him and a couple other, his uh, friends just kind of started what he calls queer protection. For those who know what queer is, it means uh, big brother in Filipino. If you're in the late, late nineties, early two thousands, you'd, you'd probably see him with a lot of the major name models who were um, in the scene at that time, who were kind of the headliners for those events. 
at that time, I was doing promotions for a company called Agencyne. So I would, and I would take care of our models. And that's how Abe and I would, we just see each other at shows. We really didn't have any type of interaction until, until later on, until like about 2009, 2010, when we started seeing more and more of each other. But one day he said, Hey, I'm in, I'm going to be at an event. I need some help. You want to help me out? I said, yeah, sure. So I came to show, gave me, threw me a career shirt. I said, Hey, you're, uh, you're help. You're taking care of uh, this booth, this booth and what, whatnot. It was just a one-time thing. And then I asked him, Hey, I mean, with your approval or something like that, I'd like to help promote the brand um, up here in the Bay Area and, and wherever you need me. And he said, yeah, definitely. That'd be, that'd be uh, awesome. Nice, so man. I've been with them since 2011. People see us like, oh yeah, we're the muscle, we're the bodyguards. We're not more, we really don't release ourselves as that anymore. We're more of like watchdogs for um, the models who, especially new models nowadays who are coming into the industry, who don't know anybody. We try to connect them with people that we know are creditable, that are legitimate, who will not take advantage of a girl in any such way. Because I mean, if you, you've heard stories from a lot of models in the industry where they meet photographers or contacts who say, oh, I'll get, I can do this, this, and this for you. And they do nothing except for trying to just make um, advances at them and on a personal level, which is very uncomfortable for a lot of girls. So that's what we do nowadays. We're actually, no, we actually expanded into uh, things. So now we're known as um, Kuya Apparel and Creations or KAL. So we've done a lot okay. of, a lot of the apparel now, and then we're slowly getting into, like we said, we'd still do watchdog stuff. Like we, a lot of the people, a lot of contacts that we've acquired over the years, the 20 plus years that we've been in the industry. So, and I mean, we, we always love meeting people who are in, who are very, very focused and really wanted, this is, this is what I want to do this. I want mauling. This is what's going to pay the bills is going to put, put the roof on my head. So we try to put them on. Um, connecting with people that are looking for fresh faces and new faces and stuff like that. So, so you guys are known like the standard the talent that's coming up or some of the existing models you guys have worked with because you get to work with some new people. Some people have been around some incredibly beautiful people and it's got to feel good for them knowing that they can be around you guys without any sort of advances and predatorial approaches and feel safe. Right. Cause everybody kind of wants to feel safe. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we're kind of like, not, I, I don't want to say iconic. That's more of, Big Abe, that's his because he's he's literally the face of the team. I mean, when people know Big Abe, like he walks in and you know Big Abe, Big Abe's in there in the in the building, so it's like that. Right, so, because Big Abe, he's got a unique look, like Mr. T oh, in yeah. a sense, where he's got the glasses, the mohawk, he's got this huge rim, like yeah. vehicle rim around his neck. Exactly, exactly. And he wears it. That's how big this guy is. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say where it's at standard, but it's something that. We a lot of people don't do that because I mean, in this we 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 try to look out for those who are like I said we did there that they want to get into industry and they don't know who to talk to. I mean they don't know who they don't know who, who what questions to ask or what how do I do this how do I do that and I mean and they get scared and and a lot of people who have modeled before it's like they think they oh I want to do this I want to do this but then when they get into the industry. They're like, oh gosh, this is not really what I thought it was, and it's, and it's, in, and it's both in a positive and negative way. In a positive way, it's like, oh, okay, now I need to ask questions, or in a negative way, it could be, oh, this is this I'm not I'm not comfortable, and this is not what I expected, and they just they just quit. So a young I lady mean, coming into modeling, that's very, it's it puts them in a very vulnerable position. But what would you say, because everybody has different aspirations, right? So what would you say to the person out there who says, yeah, but they're the ones coming and they're the ones getting half naked, you know, taking pictures of themselves. Like, what would you say to the, to the skeptic? What I'm trying to get at is there's a, there's kind of a stereotype out there like saying, okay, if you, if you pose for posters and cars, then you're basically a stripper. What would you say to the skeptics? Because you have the unique opportunity. You guys have a unique opportunity collectively to get to meet these people and find out who they really are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's how I see it is a lot of the, a lot of the girls who get into the industry. There, there's there's some who are there's some who are very very. I would say not some. I would say a, a, a good a good amount. They're very very humble about about doing about modeling. It's like they're there to do it 
to have fun. They just want to meet people. They want to network just to make to just to get their name face out there. They're I mean they're they're not in it for the money. They have they have regular jobs. They have I mean this is just stuff they do on the side. And then you have those who are like like it's like I said before. This is what's paying my bills. This is what's putting my roof over my head and stuff like that. Those and then the, but they're focused. Like they know that it's a job. There are pot. I mean they'll get positive reactions and they'll get negative reactions um to 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 doing a show i mean they're going to be called they're going to be called oh she's a, she's an import model and that's the thing i don't when when you tag the word import to a model so when you call it an import model i kind of don't like that personally because that means you only see them you only stare you stereotype them in that oh they only model in the import industry or in the car show industry import when, tuner magazine right like being yeah, exactly. a like being a lowrider model back in the day. Exactly, exactly. It's like just because they're in the lower, just because they they lowrider shows doesn't mean they just do car shows. They mean they do other things. So that's so that's what I always tell people. I mean, it's just I, when I tell girls, oh, when a lot of girls say, oh, I want to be an import model, I says, well, you you can do that. It's it's an easy, it's a great industry to get a foothold in, but if you want to go progress beyond just the car show scene to other things. You don't want to have that import title kind of right. tagged on to you. So, I mean, in the beginning, it's fine, but you want to tell people, hey, I know I'm, I know, I do import shows and stuff like that, car shows, but I do model and other things too. I do like, I do this, I do this, I do, I brand, I, um, I'm a model for like a brand. Like I have a friend of mine, she she started in the car show industry and then she started doing um, drift events. She's a, she was an um, umbrella girl for drift events, but she was also a, a ring girl for boxing matches or the ring card girl for boxing matches and stuff like that. So she did other things besides that, but she, but she never, she's like, she started in the industry, but then she like progressed into other, other fields too. Right. Totally. So when I see you out there, um, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the podcast to kind of explain everything you have explained, but I've seen you out there on social media and just like you opened up with, you call out fake photographers, you call out phony people, you're one of the few people I know that will do that, and I applaud you for that. But if you spot a fake, you call them out real quick. Well, when we call them out, we don't really call them out publicly. I mean, we we do, but we have to go through a stringent. I mean, we have to get proof. I mean, we don't want to be pointing sure. fingers at somebody. So it's it's like, and then we tell the same thing for a lot of girls. I mean, a lot if 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 one girl's if a model says something is like we okay, we take it seriously, even even if it's just. Uh, a one-time thing, or if, if that's just a personal feeling that they have towards a person, we take it seriously. But when it's like two, three, four, and it's all kind of consistent, okay, then we start looking at it. And it's we never, we never um, put it out. I mean, publicly, we if if it gets to the point where it's publicly put out there, then it's then you've it's, done your it's homework. Very, it's, yeah, it's very serious. It's it's a very serious thing because I mean, and it's. There, are, I mean, there are people that, like I said, there, there are people who have had bad experiences with it with the photographer, and I mean, it sounds like I mean, it, it might have been a we don't know what the situation is, but then there's like a whole bunch of models where it's like I, he's never treated me that way or this like that, but we always we always kind of like just we we keep things in a perspective of we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but when the the facts start become overwhelming and it's like look we gotta like we gotta we gotta nip this in the butt some way somehow we try we always always even especially cars we try to keep things at, at a low uh very very indiscreet we'll never we'll never like just yell hey you oh, get sure. the f out of here or stuff like that i mean unless i mean that's i mean that it's it's rare that's ever happened but it's like usually we'll just go to if it's something that's that's being very very making them all uncomfortable like we'll just keep our eye on him if he continues then it was like hey uh well i mean we'll, we'll make it very discreet it's like you won't even know i mean you know a lot of, most of the times we won't even we'll, we'll we'll talk with the person and and usually they'll like oh they'll just they'll be very respectful they, they don't know the bound their boundaries and stuff like that so but then they have some people who are who have that like mindset like you said who have the mindset of oh she 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 poses naked half naked or whatnot so that's this her so that's because she does that in in photos or in videos doesn't usually mean that she does it in real life so right sure 
so if someone wanted to follow, how can they keep in contact or an eye with your group? Um, you can reach us on Instagram. Our Instagram name is the Kuya, C-H-E-K-U-Y-A-S. Um, that, that's our uh, Kuya Apparel Lifestyle uh, Instagram. There's a lot of guys on there. There's too many to name. I mean, if you guys know Big, uh, Big Abe, his Instagram name, I can't remember right now. It's uh, Big underscore underscore Abe. But that's I was going to say, I think that's it. I think it's just that simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then we have a whole bunch of other guys, two, uh, three guys down in Southern California, and then I take care of Northern California. And then we have uh, our one guy, Jojo, who oh, is in Hawaii, in right? Hawaii, yeah. Who I want to give a big shout out to Jojo. He just got hired for a, a job that he's been uh, pursuing for a while. So we give a big congratulations to him. And then we have uh, one of our guys out in the East Coast who actually works a lot with Jay Martinez and Tuner Evo. So. Nice. And again, we're talking to Jay Ramundo of the Cuyas. So let's switch gears real quick. Um, yep. You're a big sports fan. I know you. And then Huge you're over in the Bay. Fan. Huge sports fan. Oakland, right? Yeah. Oakland, Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. I said Oakland on purpose, just in case people are like, it's Oakland, you dumbass. So, and <laughs> well, you train. I actually do live, I, do, uh, I, live in a, I live in a little town called San Leandro, which is next door to Oakland. So. Your team out there for basketball is obviously the Golden State Warriors. How weird is it to see them down? Because every team goes through a certain down spiral before they come back up. Oh God! Like so I've been, I've been in the depths of depths with the Warriors. I mean, I've, I've been, I've been to games where it's barely half the stadium has been filled, half the arena has been filled. Because so, that wasn't, I feel like that wasn't really that long ago, right? How long has Steph yeah, been it in was, the league? It was back. It was back. I mean, it was back in the in the nineties. I mean, it was like. I mean, we'd have like high draft picks, and then we get these people who are like, "What the heck?" Who like? I mean, we, like we we get like a two second or third pick in the draft, and then we get somebody, and he'd be gone like after the the first or second season. It, I mean, it when I was one of the few people who were like, when when we when we drafted Steph Curry, I think back in '07, I actually fall actually started following him when he made his run um, during the uh, during Ed Davison. Yeah, Davidson. I mean, he could. There's just just the way he shot, and then, and I and, and also I didn't even know he was related. That was uh, Del Curry's son. I just his last name's Curry. I wasn't really thinking that he was related to Del Curry. But then when they draft him, it's like, okay, we need that. I mean, that's that's a little that that was a spark. So. I liked him as the little guy. I liked him as the little guy yeah. coming out of Davidson. And I remember the first couple of years. It seems like he was injury prone, and I was kind of, I was rooting for him as a little guy. Not my favorite player now. I don't dislike him, but. Um, I just remember they struggled pretty mightily. Oh yeah, yeah, they did, they did. So, I mean, so so to see something like this, I mean, with with a lot of the, with with a lot of the distraction with with KD leaving and then with Clay with Clay uh, uh not being going to be playing this year, and then just with 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 the rescrambling of a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, I knew it wasn't going to last. I knew that that that's that that time that that dynasty time wasn't gonna last but you know what it's with i mean it it, it it was a good chance to like you know what let's let's rebuild let's we're we're let's 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 look at some new fresh faces out there that could be that could be something and we'll see what happens so so what are your thoughts on the whole kd situation i wanted him to stay but he i mean i knew that he he was he was brought in to 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 bolster our, our championship run. So, I mean, when it started hearing rumors of, oh, he might be leaving, it's like, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised right. because, you know what? He, he came in, he came in, he was brought in to do what he was supposed to do, and that's this to win championships, which he did. Jay, I want to thank you for coming on the Hard Parking Podcast, Jay Ramundo. So if people want to get a hold of you, how can they reach you? Uh, you can reach him on Instagram. It's the real Kuya Jay. I'll be on Twitch um, with the exact same name. And uh, you can just find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Jay Raymundo. And so when can we expect to see you on Twitch? Probably within the next, I want to say the next month. Uh, I'm just doing some last minute tweaking of my uh, of my appearance on there, some uh, stuff like OBS and stuff like that. So once I get that, that up and running, I'll start uh, doing some just like, just, uh, just streaming some video games. Do that, and I mean, love will be love to chat with everybody who goes on there and streams. So uh, we'll have some fun. All right, well, we'll be looking forward to it. All right, thanks, Jay. Sounds good. You got it. 
time for the rental car of the week, sponsored by Higher Quality Detail out of Tempe, Arizona. They specialize in premium vehicle protection, solutions, and cosmetic customizations as your one-stop shop, ranging from basic detail and options through ceramic coating, paint correction, protection films, and more. Visit Ceramic Pro Arizona, one word, on Instagram or www. Higher Quality Detail, also one word. That's H-Y-E-R, by the way. Online and get started today, looking your best today. So as I mentioned, took a couple road trips. So one road trip I took in the NSX, and the second road trip we took the whole family to San Diego. We rented a 2020 Chrysler Pacifica Limited. Not really into minivans. I don't know why they're still called minivans, because they're bigger than most other vehicles. So this one had the typical three rows for seating, plenty of room, For four people, we went with five people and a baby, like a two-year-old. And what happens is, and this is the same deal I said about the Infiniti Q60, what happens is if you use that third row, you sacrifice storage. If you use all the storage, you sacrifice seating. I would say for four people, this thing has all the room in the world. Although granted, you could probably fit seven people in here for like soccer moms, going across town, whatever. We still managed to pack everything in the vehicle, which also included a giant oxygen machine. We didn't have any full luggage, but we brought a cooler. We brought all of our food. The van was packed pretty tight. So we had to have the bottled waters up front and backpacks laying all over the vehicle. But on the way back, it wasn't as packed. One thing I loved about the vehicle, there was a few things I loved about this vehicle. So it's got the entire moonroof thingy that goes all the way back. As with most vans, both the side doors are automatic. You can control them from the remote, you can control them from the door, you can control them from overhead in the front. And of course, like every other tailgate ever made demand on anything bigger than a regular passenger vehicle, you just hit a button and it closes. Some things about the vehicle, it had Apple CarPlay, also has Android integration auto thing, um, plenty of outlets, which is really good. As far as gas mileage wasn't that great, one thing it really needs, and I've said this before with a lot of other vehicles, one thing it really needs is a sport mode or something because driving it, it's incredibly sluggish. The automatic transmission sucks. Like, it's real sluggish. You can't merge with confidence. But to rent this and go across country, in fact, some of you, I'm going to say statistically, some of you listening to this podcast actually own one of these. And the reason I say that is because when I'm out on the road, most of the minivans that I see are Chrysler Pacificas. And I think they rate near the top of their class every year they've come out. So the Limited that I had had a built-in vacuum. So when we talked to Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, a few episodes ago, he was saying that some of the cars that he's rented had a built-in vacuum. And I was like, what? This one actually had a built-in vacuum. Now, I didn't get an opportunity to use it. I think my daughter was like, hey, what's this? And she hit a button. And it sounded like a vacuum. So I said, hey, I think it's a vacuum. But I never actually looked for it until I was getting ready to turn the car in. And then I found the button. And then I looked up a video on YouTube. And it was right there in front of us the whole time. So it's integrated right behind the driver's side passenger door. Like right on the armrest on the on the door side. So I think it's pretty cool. Anytime you can have an integrated vacuum cleaner in any car, that's a dream. But it also tells you what the vehicle is intended for. It's for messy-ass kids. Because you don't have a vacuum cleaner in a pickup truck. Or you might. I don't know. Because I don't own one. But the assumption is you don't. And it doesn't come in every Pacifica model. Just, I think, the Limited and a couple of the other trims. But other than the way it drove, it was actually a pretty good vehicle. Now, would I ever want one? No. Would I rent it again? Probably not because I'm never going to voluntarily rent a minivan. I'm going to go ahead and try to get like a full-size Suburban or something big that I can take over the road with confidence. One of the problems with this, it has nothing to do with the, the minivan itself, but I will tell you, if you're renting a vehicle, if you're going to a vacation spot, if you're renting a vacation house and it's close to the beach, chances are it's going to be tight, really tight. We couldn't park in the garage because I couldn't fit the van in the garage. So I had to park it a quarter mile away every night. So think about that. If you're going to pack more than two or three people in a car and all the luggage in the world, then 
you may have difficulty finding a place to park. So that it is. The Chrysler Pacifica 2020 was actually a pretty good rental. It's about it's expensive as hell. It's like $40,000 or more. But it's not bad looking, I guess. But that is your rental car of the week. It's time for the Q&A segment sponsored by Last Air Brand Motorsports Clothing. Vintage racing inspired apparel to celebrate and represent the 80s and 90s of motorsports racing from Group B, Le Mans, IMSA, Indy, and Formula One. Follow them on Instagram at Last Air Brand or go shopping at lastairbrand.com. Tell them the hard parking podcast sent you. Let's get to some questions. I purposely held off on this segment for you guys because I had two questions about the same vehicle. Today is September 15th. Nissan has unveiled the Z Proto. That's what they want to call it, like the Z prototype. So we got a couple questions for that. First question is, Stefan asks, will electric cars take over gas-powered vehicles? I believe so. I do believe one day in the near future, I believe that all vehicles on the road or 90% of vehicles on the road will be electric vehicles. I say this not because of Tesla, but because we talked about it many episodes ago. Ford spent, I don't even know, buku billions in developing this electric highway charge station thingy. And everybody else is jumping on this. People are coming up with more hybrids now, high-powered hybrids. The days of the Nissan Leaf are gone. There's exotic car manufacturers making just electric cars. I feel like that's where we're headed in 15 years. Red Ramblings 1 asks, What anime cartoon or show or movie would you like to see done live action? As I've said before, I don't really, I don't really watch that much anime. I may have had a car that was patterned after anime from my childhood. I enjoy anime, but I couldn't even begin to get in an anime discussion unless it was like the three most popular ones ever. Outside of like, I've never even seen Gundam still. Um, I think they were talking about doing Gundam. I really like robots. I like people who pilot things. Some of the weird things like Attack on Titan, I can't really see that as a movie. That'd just be too freaking weird. Something that involves people piloting mechs. Mechs or vehicles, military vehicles that can be robotic, but not necessarily always. So again, like the... Gundam style or Macross or American Robotech. They've been toying with that for a long time. There's a Full Metal Alchemist movie. I've never seen it on Netflix. Some people say it's good. Some people say it sucks. So I don't know. Busy Rice asks, if the president was a car, what kind of car would he be? I'm assuming we're talking about the president of the United States. POTUS. I don't know. I don't want to. I feel like any real answer I give would be politically leaning. So I don't do politics on this show. I try not to. So let's get politics out of here. Blue Submarine asks What color do you think suits the NSX best? This is a good question. And it depends on if we're talking about my generation NSX, the 1991 2005, or we're talking about the current generation NSX, 2017 plus. I would say for my generation, really, you can't get, like, I love my Berlina Black, but you can't get any more classic than a red NSX with black interior and the polished wheels, like a 97 to 01 NA2 NSX. You can't get any nicer than that. For the new NSX, I would say white. White is the best color for that car. Silver, which hardly anybody has, is also a fantastic color for that car. Now, that car has a lot of beautiful colors, but as far as just the best for that car, I would say white for the new. Red for the old. Possum Killer asked me, Possum Killer MK6, what are my thoughts on Bitcoin? My thoughts are, I don't really do, it's not necessarily Bitcoin, but cryptocurrency. I don't do cryptocurrency. I don't really truly understand it. I have a hard time wrapping my head around money I can't really do anything with based on its potential in the future. 
I know people trade coin all the time, bit all the time. I have friends that that's all they do. I respect it. I'm not the smartest person in the room. Rarely am I ever the smartest person in the room. So either at the end of the day, I'm going to be the dumbest person in the world or one of the smart people in the world. I have a friend that dropped 70,000 real dollars in 90 days on Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. I just can't. I can't fathom it. Now, I have other people that I know that have FU money who bought into Bitcoin when it was like $1,200 a share. Good for them. I wish I would have then if I just had, you know, like the, the penny sh- penny stocks, right? Throw 100 bucks here, 100 bucks there, and look back two years later and now it's $10,000. Then it'd be okay to kind of have fun with because you didn't really have that big of an investment. Today, if you want to buy a Bitcoin, that's expensive. Now you, get, you have to have adult money or you have to invest in one of these other little cryptos. So that's my thought on Bitcoin. That's my thought on cryptocurrency. I really don't understand it enough to invest in it. And either I'm the smartest person in the room or the dumbest person in the room. So now let's get to the questions. First, I'm going to answer Green Goblin underscore R35's question. What are your thoughts on the new Nissan Z? And then the next question is a follow-up. So I've seen all the reaction on Facebook, car groups, car friends, Instagram, people's opinions that I value, and they're all over the place. They're all over the place, just like they were with the Supra, just like they were with the C8. The C8 was mostly high praise, but it has some funny angles. The Supra got killed mostly everywhere, and now they're all over the road, and they look pretty nice. Like I said they would a year ago, more than once. I don't hate the new Z. I watched the video on YouTube, the unveiling. I don't care for the headlights. I like the design, but I don't like the shape. It reminds me of, it just has a Miata look to it. And I think there's a a Fiat, right? There's that Fiat that looks like a Miata. That's what the headlights remind me of. Regarding that big rectangular front grille that people are having a big reaction to, it's not that different than the Nissan 350. If you look at that front grille, it's this big rectangle. If you look at the 370, it's a rectangle before they put like the little shark's teeth on that shark. It looks like a, the vampire front clip on the on the 370. So it's not that big of a deal. There's a lot of reaction on the taillights. I kind of like the way the taillights look. They kind of remind me of like, a, like an S14 or something, some other Nissan, like a Sylvia. The interior of the car looks really nice. Not a car for me. I think we're going to see them. It's cool that it's offered in a manual transmission. I think we're going to see them all over the place with the prices right. I think they're supposed to be 400 horsepower, which is pretty good. I think they look better than the 350 and the 370. They they look like they're as fat but a little lower to the ground. I don't I don't like the color they chose to unveil it, that that ugly yellow. I think it needed to be white or silver so we can see the lines. So we can really see the lines. So I think the color is going to make a big difference on that car as well. I like to see it in a nice pewter color, like a pewter gloss or something. I think it could look really, really nice. And then once it comes out, the aftermarket's going to get a hold of it and everyone's going to love it, just like they do the Toyota Supra. Last question VQ David How do you think the success of the new Z will compare to the A90 Supra? So the A90 Supra is that new Toyota Supra for those of you playing along who are casual car people but not really into cars. So remember, people hated, a lot of people hated that car when it came out because they expected it to look like the Toyota FT1, which, as I said a year ago, you're on crack if you thought it was going to look like the FT1 and be for a reasonable price. Because if it would have looked like that car, it would have came out and it would have been over $100,000 and people would have been crying about it being over $100,000 for a Toyota. So the success of the new Z... I think we're still a year or two away from actually seeing the production vehicle, but they're going to sell and they'll probably be at every car meet. There'll be half a dozen of them and people are going to take them and modify them and then no one's going to care. People are going to get over it. Remember I said a couple episodes ago that people love to comment, complain, and have hard opinions on things that they never intended to buy or weren't going to purchase to begin with? I think the, the the new Z is one of them. It's a car that people were just curious to see what it would look like, probably weren't realistically looking to buy one, and they hate the way it looks, and they're really not going to buy one now. 
That is your Q&A segment. As I get ready to wrap up this week's show, I just wanted to send I just wanted to send some shout outs to some of the fellow podcasters out there grinding some of my favorite shows. So these are people just like me. I recommend you guys go and check them out. The Limitless Podcast that I've talked about before. You have Shaping Success with Wes Tankersley. See Through It Podcast. I've talked about that before. The Bob Chat Podcast, which I mentioned earlier in this episode. Can You Blame Me, which is Ralphie Tommy. And also Talk to Q. That's a really good podcast. Shout out to Wendell Wallace. So Wendell Wallace does a sports podcast. Wendell, your podcast is really long. We've talked about it. Wendell sounds like, he reminds me of Jason Whitlock, and I'm sure he hates Jason Whitlock because everybody hates Jason Whitlock, but I think Jason Whitlock is really good, even though I don't agree with 90% of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, but I still value him for being him. And Wendell sounds like a Jason Whitlock, except for you can agree with him. Obviously, the Goals Podcast, G-O-A-L-S, Puzzle Minds Podcast, Real Talk with Jam, that's John and Marcus. I was a guest on their podcast. Make sure you check it out. They're out of Southern California. I'm going to have them on my podcast. They're way overdue. Magnetic Mismatch as well. And, of course, Reaching While Teaching with Shanina Lacia. If I didn't mention your podcast, get over it. Doesn't mean you suck. Just means I didn't mention you. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at heartparkingpodcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Heartparking Media, Twitter, Heartparking Pod. Have a Teespring store. You can also support the podcast. Check out the link in the description. I've been doing a really bad job lately of making sure the links are active, so I apologize. I want to thank NSX Channel, Last Air Brand, Higher Quality Detail, DressUpBolts.com, Kuya Automotive, Jay Ramundo of the Kuyas. also want to thank Lap of the World, Richard Grace for joining the show again. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. I can't grow unless you tell somebody else how cool this show is. Talk to you on the other side. Shut up!